the goalie is facing more pressure than anyone else on the team. The goalie probably has more responsibility than anyone else on the team. So you have to treat it accordingly. You know, like if, you know, if, if one of the middies makes a mistake, it's not necessarily always going to lead to a goal. And almost every time when a goalie makes a mistake, it's in the net. So um, I think, you know, I I think just staying positive, even when things are going negatively is, is like incredibly important. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Aww, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show... 100% dedicated to the best position out there. That's the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it's my job. It's actually really simple. It's find the best goalies in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great. What are the mindsets that they have? What are the drills that they do? How do they look at this position? And hopefully with each episode, you can take something and work it into your own lacrosse goalie game special episode for me this week i'm interviewing the current university of california at berkeley goalie zach blake my alma mater it's always fun to talk shop with another cal goalie zach actually isn't from california like many players on the team are he's from new haven connecticut and we talk about you know how he ended up on the west coast why he chose the mcla and how we go about how he goes about getting better at this position. Awesome episode. I know you're going to enjoy this one. Please enjoy my conversation with Cal goalie Zach Blake. Last week, we wrapped up the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 7. And if you missed it, I got to say this. It was electrifying. Five days of nonstop content about every corner of the lacrosse goalie universe. We covered things like the proper save techniques for more consistency, building that bulletproof mindset and that mental game, simple hacks to win games, recruiting tips to get into a great college. We talked about school and life balance. We talked about how to communicate with your defenders. We talked about awesome tips and drills to help you clear the ball and, and drills, drills, drills. We covered so many drills and really everything in between. A lot of lacrosse goalie moms and dads uh, said this. This was from Heather Hagen. She said, my 2027 son, Jace, is participating in the summit. And wow, just wow. The amount of info slash knowledge him and I have gained is incredible. Every goalie should go through this. 100% agree, Heather and Jace. That's exactly why. I brought 20 of the best goalie coaches in the world together for this amazing event. If you missed out on it, you can still grab the VIP pass, laxgoalierat.com slash VIP. That gives you lifetime access to all of the videos. You, you've got a slim window of opportunity to grab that VIP pass. It's going to go up in price soon. Here's what one goalie mom told me over the weekend. She said, my daughter, 2025, was away at camp during the summit. So I purchased the VIP pass and she's watching the sessions now that she's back in town. Just wanted to let you know how incredibly helpful all these sessions have been to me as a parent. And I know they will be even more valuable to her in the goal. She's starting with the summer tournament prep video, getting ready for her tourney this weekend in Chattanooga. That was Tim Cassie. He did a uh, uh, tips for summer tournaments for goalies and parents. Amazing session. You can download all those videos if you get the VIP pass. Watch them on the car. Watch them on the plane ride. It's awesome stuff. Once again, grab that VIP pass available for a limited time. LaxGoalieRat.com slash VIP. I guarantee you the best value you're going to get for lacrosse goalie coaching. LaxGoalieRat.com slash VIP. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Zach Blake, senior heading into his final year at Cal in the MCLA. Just elected team captain, all-conference goalie Zach. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be on. 
Yeah. So we were just chatting before we hit record and you grew up in Connecticut. Do you remember the very first time you jumped into goal? Yeah. Um, so it was a little rec lacrosse league game. My mom had made me go. I was kicking and screaming. I, I told her I was going to be in the NHL. I didn't need to go to the lacrosse game. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd always kind of wanted to play goalie um, in hockey, but I wasn't really brave enough to, you know, step up and volunteer um, kind of because we already had an established goalie on my team. So I figured, well, I, I don't want to be here, so might as well just try goalie now. And I hopped in cage, um, had a really, really good game. Um, I remember it was like I took the first shot off my kneecap and uh, I wasn't scared of the ball. It didn't hurt. I was just excited to be out there. Um, and that was kind of how it all got started. And I just kind of have never looked back since then. So, yeah. It's pretty, pretty special when you, when you get hit with that first one and you're, and it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Uh, I think for a lot of goalies, it does. I mean, what, yeah, no, yeah. You know? Um, but it is kind of ironic that you, you said like, I wasn't brave enough to be the ice hockey goalie. And then you jump into as a lacrosse goalie where it, it requires way more bravery. If you ask me. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, totally. I think that, that that's where the, you know, I guess I have a screw loose comes in. Cause um, yeah. yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think like, when that first shot kind of hit me, just kind of the adrenaline took over. Um, and, you know, I'd always been a decent hockey player, not that good. And I realized, you know, with that first shot, I was like, wow, I can actually make an impact, you know, um, in a big way. So that was kind of what attracted me to it, you know, always being in the spotlight, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. I, I love yeah. the spotlight, you know, for better or for worse. I mean, that's the beauty of this position. It's yeah. um, you got the spotlight on ways. you. Yeah. It goes yeah, both ways. Right. Time. And you can, you can be, there was one great quote that uh, uh, I think it was Kip Turner said, you can be the hero or you can be the ass. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what it is. Um, well, that's cool. So how did you then, you know, from that very young age, how did you then go about like getting coaching or learning how to, how to be a better goalie? Yeah. Um, well, I was very lucky to have grown up in Connecticut. So I was surrounded by, um, a lot of really good, um, high school and college talent. You know, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I went to school in New Haven, Connecticut, which is right in the backyard of Yale. Um, so I was constantly exposed to it, um, joined, you know, a bunch of different club teams. Um, but at the end of the day, kind of found a goalie coach, um, this guy, Chris Madelon, he, played for the Atlanta blaze in the MLL for a bit, um, played at UNC. And he's really the one that ended up becoming my mentor. Um, I'd work with him like, you know, four or five times a day. And I mean, four or five times a week in the summer, um, just kind of, you know, honing my craft. And I think right around, you know, the, you know, 12, 13, 14 age is when I really started to take it really seriously and realize it was something I wanted to do for a long period of time. So, yeah. Interesting. What, what gave you that, realization. Um, I, I, I'm running this event next week that this is something that I want to do. You know, I'm running event, an event next week and I, a training event. And I sent out this email today and a lot of parents reply back like, Hey, I wish I could get my kid more interested in being a goalie. She just see her. He's yeah. just, just not like fully into it. What, you know, what to you kind of made you realize like, wow, this really is for me. Um, honestly, I think it was watching live lacrosse. Um, you know, sitting on the, on the, the defensive side of the Yale bleachers, um, and just kind of watching their goalie and how much of a leader he was. Um, I remember, I don't remember his name. Um, it was a, but it was kind of a shorter guy like me who was in cage for them when I was like 13 or 14. Um, and kind of just watching the way, like hearing in person in ways you can't see on TV, the way the goalie was leading the team, um, the impact the goalie has on the team just, just through like motivation and, mm -hmm. you know, making, making all the guys juiced up. You could see the bench getting juiced up and make a big save. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the biggest thing for me is actually watching live lacrosse. Cause you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff the goalie does that you can't hear on TV um, that, you know, I think is, is really important to be able to see from a young age to understand that kind of leadership position you have playing goalie. Yeah. I to I totally resonate with that. I remember, you know, I started playing in college at Cal. And so like, you yeah. know, kind of your 13 year old version of you is the 17 year old version of me. And I remember yeah. we, we, <laughs> took, we, we took this spring break trip 
um, out to Maryland to uh, play some games. And we ended up going to a Hopkins practice, Johns Hopkins practice practice. So oh, yeah. we're just like sitting on the sideline and kind of like, they let us like watch. And I'm like, I just got, we just got so pumped up watching like this elite level of lacrosse and just watching like yeah. how they go about doing their business. And, and um, it yeah. was awesome. So I, so I definitely Seriously. feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you don't, we have to figure out what goalie that is that Yale goalie, huh? It would have been, it would have been, Let's see, you're what, eight, 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 nineteen, twenty 19, 20, you know? Would have been like six, uh, seven 21. years ago. 21. So, so like yeah, six, 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 seven six, years ago. Yeah. All right, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've, I've uh, been trying to get Chris on the show, on the podcast for a while, unsuccessfully. What, what did those sessions look like? Uh, is he teaching um, you the te- technique or a bunch of shots? What, what do they look like? Yeah, um, think like, you know, 95 degrees uh, in the summer you know, kind of blistering hot. Um, and, um, I think, you know, a lot of it, like, I, I remember my favorite drills and what really got me going was the competitive type of drills where, you know, yeah. it would be like, all right, I'm going to take 10 shots on the run on you right now. Um, if you save eight of them, you win. Um, if I score three goals, I win. Um, and I think from a young age, mixing in that really, really competitive aspect and kind of getting that competitive fire going, um, that's, that was kind of my favorite and most memorable part. We would always end each practice with one of those, but I mean, we'd build it up from the bottom, you know, like starting with, you know, the typical stuff like that, like just hands drills, um, kind of working all the way up. You know, we did a lot of stuff with, I remember like this, uh, kind of tassel that would go between the head of my stick and my helmet yeah. just to keep my eyes on the ball. Um, man, I mean, I'd, I'd have to think we did, we did hundreds of different drills that were pretty unconventional at the time. Um, and, you know, obviously I, I guess, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, we, we'd finish that with that competitive aspect. That was probably my favorite part, but the build up to it was, was really, he'd break down every single part of my game and work on it individually. Um, and you know, a lot of conditioning too, you know, that they weren't always oh, wow. the most fun, um, <laughs> but you know, they, it, it definitely got me a pretty, pretty far along in my goalie career, I guess. I love it. Uh, did you tell him you, I signed up for goalie? Cause I, that means I don't need to run. Yeah, no, that's what <laughs> I thought, you know, and then, then he had me chasing the ball behind the net stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, to that point about competition, that's, that's a very important point. I think that it's just uh, anytime you can work competition into a drill, it's a great motivator, you know, whether oh, we're yeah. talking about an eight year old or whether we're talking about a 21 year old, you know, all the way and all the way in between anytime, like there's just competition. It's like, I want to win. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I think people don't look at goalie immediately and think that that's the kind of position where you can have that mentality, but it totally is, you know, it's one of the best parts of goalie, actually the ability to like compete with the shooter, compete with the other goalie. Like that's honestly probably my favorite part of it. So I think it's a pretty important factor when you're starting out at a young age. Yeah. Interesting. So when you say compete with the other goalie, what talk to me a little bit about that? Cause I think I understand like competing with the shooter, obviously, Hey, we're going, we're going one-on-one, but are you, yeah. you know, are you, when you're playing, are you like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to outsave this other guy. I'm going to make more saves than this other guy. Is that kind of the mentality? Not as much. It's a pretty impersonal form of competition. Um, it's more like, you know, um, I'm not necessarily thinking about him or the amount of saves he's making. I'm thinking more about momentum in the game and I'm thinking about how he's taking away momentum um, from our team and how I can kind of respond to that. And I think Mm -hmm. some of the most fun games I've ever played in is when both me and the other goalie are playing really well. Both teams are trying to generate momentum and they really just can't because both of us are playing really well. So it's, it's definitely not, I think you can get into a trap thinking about the amount of saves the other goalies has. Because like in that, in that situation, you're like comparing yourself to something that you can't control, which is something you can't really ever do in goalie um, and be successful. So I think it's more of an impersonal kind of momentum kind of competition that, that I enjoy, I guess. Great point. Yeah. Great point. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like comparing yourself to others is a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, totally. In, yeah, in, yeah. in anything that you do, you know, I and mean, especially like in the online arena, like what I do, like online coaching, like you look at someone in their Instagram or their Twitter or their what have you. And it's like, you're not even comparing like apples to apples. You're comparing like, 
you know, someone who's just starting to like a professional goalie and being like, Oh, I need, yeah, to, be, yeah. I need to be like that guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. And yeah, I love the concept of, of capturing momentum. Obviously those, the best games are the ones where like both goalies are on. Uh, but there's certainly like, I'm sure you've played in games where like, it's been a shootout. I've had games like oh, that. Yeah. And it's like, all you need at that point is like one or two big saves and like momentum is, is back on your side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think those are the toughest games because you really have to pull it out of you to be able to get that next save. Um, when, when you, when the other team's getting a lot of shots on the crease or when you're just not having a a good day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, it's hard to remember that your primary goal on the team is to try to win the game. It's not Mm -hmm. to make, you know, to get a certain save percentage, it's to win the game. And so in those situations, I think just reminding yourself, I'm here to help my team win the game instead of, you know, I'm here to get a 55% save percentage or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's been the most helpful to me in those type of shootout games. Yeah, totally. And and sometimes it only takes that one save uh, yeah, or two, or two exactly. saves, you know, especially in the women's game, like the women's goalies, just because of the nature of the game, like they get shot on so close that they make Three way, position shots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and make way less saves. And I'm, and yeah. I got an email just to that exact point that you just said. And she's like, yeah, like my team won the game, but I didn't have a great game. And I'm, my safe percentage was horrible. And I'm like, read that first sentence again, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right? Your team you won, won the game. You won yeah. the game right? You won the game and that's what this is all about. And, and yeah, we want to play good, but at the end of the day, like we just want to do what we can to help our team win. Yep. But but yeah, I remember a very specific game. We played St. Mary's at St. Mary's and they were not, not they were not that good um, as us. And I just like was, was way off and our whole defense was just struggling. And I think the final score was like 21 to like 19 and we won. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's just, you know, you're like, man, I got to play better. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's a tough feeling. Yeah. Do you guys still play St. Mary's by the way? Um, I think they're in like the D two, maybe something like that. So we don't, we don't play them, but yeah. Got it. Um, well, very cool. So did you ever, um, you know, you're, you're playing in high school. I imagine you have some success in high school. I think you even, you know, you were considering you're kind of juggling Dartmouth and Cal and maybe a couple other mm-hmm. schools. Uh, talk yep. to me a little bit about, about your decision to uh, end up attending uh, Berkeley. Yeah. Um, so the Dartmouth decision wasn't all mine. It didn't really work out in admissions, um, which was tough because, you know, you go through years and years and years of of like playing club lacrosse and, and always trying to play D1. That was always my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when and then you know i i was kind of left with a it was like a preferred walk on kind of thing where like if i got into the school um i i would have a spot on the team um but um unfortunately you know the and coach wrote me a letter and all that stuff but it, it just didn't work out um but honestly that i mean that's been the best thing that's happened to me in the last like 5 years because um it kind of opened my eyes to um, the West coast and, and that being a possibility. Cause you know, after Dartmouth, my options were really pretty small D three schools on the East coast, like in the Northeast, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, going out there and, and playing, um, MCLA on the West coast. And, and, you know, honestly, it, it, it has been, um, it has been pretty awesome. I don't totally remember your question. What, what did you ask again? <laughs> just, yeah, just the recruiting process. And, and, oh, and yeah. I, I think, I think you got it. I think you hit on it. I mean, it's yeah. a good story right. there. Um, I was going to add on that. It's just sometimes funny how life works out that way. I think I I really do. I, I, um, I applied to both Cal and Stanford and for like a while, I really wanted to go to Stanford and, and I got rejected. I I didn't get in and, uh, it was kind of a bummer, right? Like you're kind of like, I'm sure you felt the same way with, with Dartmouth, but, but then I ended up like visiting friends there, um, when I was at Cal and I was like, man, I don't know if I'd like it here. I really don't. Yeah, no, it's so I'm yeah. like, I think, I think like, either. you think it worked out. Um, yeah, so. no, it, it definitely did. You got to remember in recruiting, like, you know, you're, I mean, unless you're the best goalie in the world, you're probably not going to get to play at your top choice school. So I think it's, it's really important to just remember that 
or like, I, this is what helps me is I kind of just think everything in recruiting happens for a reason. And, yeah. you know, if it doesn't go necessarily the way you thought it was, you got to remember you're a 17 year old kid. You have no idea whether, you know, this school or that school is going to be like the perfect place for you. And I think, um, it, what really helped is, you know, when I got to Cal, I realized like, man, I wouldn't have ever had any idea that this was the place for me. And here I am out in California, like, you know, 2,500 miles from home, having a great time. So, yeah. 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 And I'm sure that's an amazing experience, like totally unrelated to lacrosse, but just an amazing experience that you got to factor in. Um, I talked to, I talked to a goalie, he went to, to Syracuse and, and he ended up not liking it. Cause like there was, wasn't much sun. He was used to a lot of like, yeah. maybe he's from Florida, right? So there's a lot of sun. Um, and it just all yeah. these factors that you got to consider when, when you, when you think about finding a great place to play. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, so you mentioned being a shorter goalie. I I'm also a shorter goal. How, how tall are you? I'm five, nine. I'm five, eight. So we're both, we're both on the shorter yeah. side in terms of goalies. Like how did, yeah. um, how do you describe your, sort of your style of goalie play? And then when you got to Cal, did that, did that change at all? Yeah. Um, so I play a pretty, I, like I crouch pretty low, I would say, um, because I feel that it helps me get to low shots easier and charge up for high shots easier. Cause I can get more momentum, um, from a, a little bit lower of a stance. Um, I think that I've always been a pretty athletic goalie, like using, um, my legs, my feet a lot to make saves. Um, and so I, I, I guess when you get to college, you kind of realize that that athletic style of play, it can help you, but you have to learn how to like control it in a way. Um, I think I was kind of a flopper in high school on some low shots. And I realized pretty quickly that that didn't really work at all in college because, you know, I think one is that the shot pace is faster. So you're going to get more stuff hitting you and going in if you're not saving fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And then two is just that it's way harder to predict the release. And so I think for those two reasons, I kind of, when I got to Cal, I had to hone myself in a little bit and really just get back to the fundamentals, um, which my coach, coach Casey Keenan, he is a goalie coach at my school. Um, and he really helped, he, you know, he, he really broke me down. Um, we, we actually had a, we had kind of a dynamic between he was the nice coach. Then we had this other guy, Joel, who wasn't, wasn't the nicest, you know, he'd kind of come in and rip you apart. Um, but it really helped me to kind of see where my weaknesses were. Um, and, and we're also work on my mental game during practice. Cause I had a guy actively trying to, you know, just rip my confidence apart. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I had I had Coach Keenan on the the podcast. He's awesome. 80, episode eighty six. Yeah. People can check that one out. Um, yeah. It's interesting about the the mental game piece. Yeah, I, I, um, it just it brings up these. So I was in a fraternity at Cal, and like you know, when you yeah. you go through the first year for the fraternity, like people try to get in your head. They try to hate oh, yeah. you, and the, you know. And so like I was very used to you know hearing people yell at me and just like block that out and like not let that get they're just words right and and now that you said that exact thing like i'm thinking that yeah that's the same thing on the lacrosse field like they're just words and and they can only hurt you if you let them and it sounds like exactly that coach was (laughs) was giving you mental game training in in, in his own way all in good fun but yeah it was (laughs) it was definitely tough as a freshman you know i remember first practice he steps in for my warm-up 10 yards away and just starts ripping it and i was like i was like what like, what do I do here? You know, but yeah. in, in the end of the day, it was, it was, it was a good thing for me for sure. So, yeah. What, what did you do? You say, take a, hey, take a step back. And they'd be like, no, come on, come on, come on. East coast yeah. boy. You, you can handle it or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's good. Um, I love it. I love it. What else, what other things uh, have you learned from Casey mental game wise, technique wise? Um, I think, I mean, I think the biggest thing from Casey specifically applied to my game um, is just like, um, I think it's, I think it's honestly mostly the mental game. Like when I come off, like in between quarters, um, let's say I didn't necessarily have my best quarter of play. Like we always, after every quarter, we'll kind of like um, step aside from the huddle and just talk about specifically what we saw in that quarter, 
what we can do better. But I think the best thing about Casey is his ability to kind of never like always keep it positive. Like even if things aren't going our way, just talk about what we can do better instead of talking about what we're doing badly. Um, the other thing that I've really liked about Casey is that he really facilitates that like the, the goalie, like goalies on a team or a unit. I had a really bad relationship with my, with the other goalie and on my high school team. Um, and I think that that was partly because like my coach never stepped in and helped us form that group. And I think with Casey, you know, he, every time we're talking about something I could do better in a game, it's not me. It's, this is what we're going to do better. And all the other goalies are there too. And we're talking about it as a unit. Um, and so I think other than obviously all the fundamental work he's done with me, all, all the ways he's made me a better physical goalie, I think also just making me a better part of the team um, and a better leader has been the the best thing he's done for me, I guess. That's awesome. That's so important. Yeah. yeah. And if there's, yeah, you know, if there's like a young goalie, I mean, I want to pick apart a couple points in there, but if there's the first one is that, you know, that bad relationship that you had. So if there's a young goalie that has a bad relationship, that can be really um, mentally taxing. Like we talk about mental health as like a goalie. And if you're like not getting along with this teammate that you're like so involved with, yeah. right. Cause you're in the same drills, you're working together. It can be really tough. You see every day. Yeah. yeah. You see him every day. And so, yeah, I, I mean, to your point at that age, it's certainly the team culture and, it, uh, and it's a coach's responsibility to help create that culture. So, I mean, what, what would you, yep. I mean, I don't know what, what would you recommend that they do if, if someone's hearing that and be like, yeah, I do need to get my goalies on the same page. Is it, is it kind yeah. of what Casey just did? Like talking the we form or other things? You mean from a coaching perspective? Correct? From a coaching perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think the biggest thing you can do is like, everything is we, it's not I, it's, it's never like pulling one goalie aside and saying, this is what you're going to do better. It's mm -hmm. using one goalie as an example and saying, this is what we're going to do better as a team. And also, you know, working on each individual goalies problems as a way that the unit can get better, not a way that that goalie can get better, if that makes sense. Um, and also yeah. just fostering, like fostering, like off the field activities, you know, where like the goalies can specifically get together and kind of take some of that pressure off, um, of being in honestly, a lot of times a really, really tight situation mm -hmm. where it's kind of hard to make a friend. Um, but friends like the me, me and the other goalie on my team, that's kind of my age, like we're really, really close. Um, and I think that the only way that could have happened was Casey. So I think, especially from a young age, if you're, if you're a coach coaching young guys, like you've got to facilitate that teamwork. Um, that unit aspect, or honestly, I think like, um, it, it's, it, it just makes it really contentious, you know, especially the young yeah. age, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's great advice. Great advice. Yeah. And I mean, I love that point too, of like, you know, some goalies struggling with one particular element, you know, I mean, not pulling them aside unless it's a private thing, but, but normally I mean, it's not right. Yeah. It's like, you, you're yeah. struggling with bounce shots. Hey, here's, here's what we need to do to uh to overcome that and all the goalies are in and, and learning on it even if they don't struggle with bounce shots because there may come a time in their career when they do it's kind of the way goalie exactly. works you know yep um yeah. so i love that and then the other thing you mentioned there that i really love is the positivity that's also like yeah. like a like a I don't know what the right word is, like something I just really believe in and something that I preach yeah. uh in my coaching. I mean there's some coaches that will just really nitpick on the negative. Um, yeah. and, and yeah, I hate that. I hate that. That's not my style. Yeah. I think, you know, I've had a lot of coaches. I've, I've had coaches that were that way. Um, and I think the thing that you have to remember as a coach is that, you know, the goalie is facing more pressure than anyone else on the team. The goalie probably has more responsibility than anyone else on the team. So you have to treat it accordingly. You know, like if, you know, if, if one of the middies makes a mistake, it's not necessarily always going to lead to a goal. And almost every time when a goalie makes a mistake, it's in the net. So, right. um, I think, you know, I think just staying positive, even when things are going negatively is, is like incredibly important. Um, it allows, and, and just always reminding the goalie too, that like he has the faith that, or he or she has the faith of their team. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And just instilling that kind of culture, um, I think is just something that a coach has a, a big part in. 
and is really, really, really important if you want to have good goalies. Yeah. And when you do that, you know, just being at practice and playing the sport becomes a lot more fun. And yeah. as a result, when, when it's fun and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're enjoying it and you're having a good time with your friends, guess what? You play a lot better. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah definitely. What would, what would those conversations look like um, in between the quarters between, between you and Casey, you, you mentioned like you talk about what you're seeing, like, just if you could take me through one, like what would be an example? Yeah. So, um, let's say that it's, it's, it's a lot about tendencies. So it's a lot about what the shooters are doing to try to beat me and to try to beat our defense and what kind of looks we're getting. Um, even at halftime, we'll take a sec to, instead of just a base warm up at halftime, it's a, here are the shots that they're taking. Like, cause look like the shots that a team is taking are probably not going to change very much from one half to the next, unless they're making a big adjustment. So I think a lot of it is just keeping me prepared for the tendencies that are kind of happening. And, um, also just, you know, if I'm not getting a lot of action, just kind of keeping me up and reminding me like, all right, like get in the zone, like, you know, let's be ready for, for whatever happens. Um, the, the last part is just like situational awareness. So like if we're up or down in a game by a certain amount, just knowing what my role is outside of the cage and just making sure I know that like, for instance, if we're going to go into like a 10 man ride or if we're going to go into, if we need the ball back at the end of the game and I got to hop out of the cage, like just helping me to be prepared for those situations. And I guess then the last part is just mentally, just making sure I'm up, um, making sure, you know, to stay supportive. Right. Um, I think, you know, those three pieces are kind of the, the main stuff he helps me with in those conversations. Yep. That's awesome. That's great advice for a lacrosse goalie dad too, uh, like on the side of mom, mom for that matter, you know, wanting to know how to help their kid. Um, It's an interesting comment that, that you made about like the teams don't tend to change like where they're taking their shots from. And I was thinking about that as you said, it totally true. It's totally true. I I remember um, one of the biggest upsets that we had when I was at Cal, we beat, I mean, my senior year, by by then we like graduated like the entire team and we weren't that good, but we yeah. played like number three in Arizona and they were running this deuces offense, which was like the exact same thing that we did at yeah. like, so we were used to, so defending. used to it. Yeah, yeah. So used to yeah. defending that. And so like, we, we were just on them every single time and they never changed. And they went through that the yeah. whole game and we knew exactly where the shots were coming from and how to switch and how to defend it. And we ended up playing really great yeah. defense and beat them. Yeah. And actually, I want to just add one thing to Casey will do to help me too, is like when we're, when we're in practice the week before a game, like he'll have a scout on the guy, on the shooters they have like probably five, six days before. And he'll actually be replicating all of those shots that I see in the game. And like, we played Cal Poly the first time this year, like he, it was literally every single shot was the exact same shot that we had practiced. Um, and that's just so valuable for confidence, you know, going in and knowing what you're going to see. It's not always going to be a, a science because sometimes guys are going to mix it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally practicing tendencies the week leading up to a game, especially in college, I think is really helpful. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like as a goalie, that helps you be a team leader as well. Like when you kind of understand like what they're trying to do. Right. And you can kind of yeah. move move your chess pieces around like and get your defenders to, to see the, the shots. On the to, yeah. On the same page and to give up the shots that you, that you want. You're like, I'll take that exactly. shot all day. Yep. So cool. Um, what about, uh, were you a backup goalie, uh, at, at a certain point in your career and, and talk to me a little bit about that. Like, you know, it's tough, right? Cause you want to be the starter, yeah. but there's only one, there's only one of those spots and, and how do you Look, continue yeah, one to of get the, better? Yeah. One of the, one of the biggest, um, this was one of the biggest challenges of my life, not even lacrosse, like being a backup goalie for three years in high school was probably, it's probably the hard, one of the hardest things I've ever mentally had to deal with because, um, I just had a coach that was very focused on seniority and, um, it, it, it kind of was what it was. I I couldn't really do anything about it. And, And even more frustrating, I think was that, you know, a lot of college coaches would ask me why I didn't start. And I didn't really know what to say in those situations because, you know, I look great on film. I have good club recommendations, but then, you know, they ask about high school and I don't start and they're, you know, so I think, you know, um, 
a few of the things that I did um, was, you know, if, if you're backing up, like number one, you got to be, you got to be a good team player. Like you, you have to be a teammate first because that's your job. And, you know, we, we talked about earlier, like, you know, your first job as a goalie is try to win the game. And if you're, if you're actively negative towards the other goalie on your team, you're impeding his ability to save the ball and in turn your team's ability to win the game. So I think that's the number one thing is you got to be a teammate, but I mean, speaking to how challenging it is, I, I, I just think that doing as much work you can on your own and just kind of, you know, outside of school, whatever you can, getting shots whenever you can um, to build your brand and to build how the build the kind of goal you want to be um, independent of, you know, whether you're the backup or not. I think um, that's also really helpful. That's something that I did in high school. I just get a lot of shots outside of practice. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, I, I also know club, like it's pretty difficult to play club lacrosse in some areas of the country because it's kind of inaccessible. Um, but like if you can even just get a buddy to come shoot on you, you know, like after practice and show the coaches that um, you want to be out there and you want to try to win the game for your team. I think that's the most non-confrontational way to vouch for yourself. If that makes sense, just putting the work in. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Yeah, like some people... Um, I mean, club, club lacrosse is growing pretty, pretty drastically. So, you know, yeah. pretty, I'm sure there still exists areas without a good club team, but less, less and less each day as yeah. the sport grows, which is amazing. But yeah, if you don't have, you know, good high school tape or, or good club tape, I mean, yeah, create some tape of you doing drills and taking shots. Yeah. I mean, coaches would love to see that, um, yeah. as well. So that's awesome. Um, I'm thinking uh episode comes to mind that I interviewed uh Brandon Krebs, who just graduated from uh, okay. Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan, right? Yeah, yeah. Z- zero starts. He played at uh, um on Long Island, right? Zero high school starts. Yeah. And he he talked about the exact same thing that you did. You just gotta go out there and like you gotta you gotta remain mentally tough, knowing that like I could be playing, I'm just not. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. of whatever reason, seniority or yeah. whatever reason, I'm just not, but just keep working hard and keep enjoying it. It sounds like yep. that's what you did. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love it. Uh, what about a time you went through a slump? Um, How'd you get out of that? Let's see. Yeah. I mean, we go through slumps all the time, you know, like even, even if, even when you're playing at a high level, sometimes like I, I think, I think the biggest one for me, I'll, I'll think back to um, the weeks in between our last regular season game and our first conference playoffs game, we had like a three week stretch where we didn't have any games. Um, and it was tough. And this is always tough. You know, it's also in fall ball. Like we practice most, like most every day in the fall as well. And when you have no result on Saturday to know like how you're playing and when you're just in practice, kind of trying to almost compete with yourself to just, to just, you know, I think that's when I'm at least most susceptible to slumps um, mm. is it's because I feel like I have nothing to judge myself on, if that makes sense. Um, so I think the biggest thing, um, at least what always helps me, I'm going to go back to it is like putting work in outside of the field and making yourself feel accomplished no matter what happens in practice and knowing that you put work in to make yourself better even if, you know, maybe you're not playing your best in practice, it always helps me when I'm having a bad practice to think, well, I might not be playing well right now, but I put the work in, I'm getting better. It's just not showing up right now. So I think again, going back to just, you know, getting on the wall and honestly, just like seeing as much rubber as you can, I think like putting in that extra work is is what really helps me to get out of those slumps just because, you know, it allows me to kind of, um, have a different, um, I guess, parameter for, for how I'm judging myself, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It's, it's, it's twofold too. Like when you put in the extra work, like one, like you're getting better as a goalie. Right. But then two, like you said, it's the mental game. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's mentally, I know I've put in all this work. It's kind of like when you study, you know, extra hard for a test and then you walk in there and you're like, I got this. Like I studied so hard. Right. So it's kind of this twofold thing. I, I love that quite a bit. So yeah, extra, extra work, extra work, baby. Yeah. Extra That's work is, is the key to earning that starting role and getting out of the slump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, when we talk about the mental game, I think we hit on a bunch of lessons 
already. But you know, when I when I say like mental toughness uh, as a lacrosse goalie, what what immediately comes to mind for you? What comes to mind for me was playing Santa Clara this year and having like probably about hundred or hundred fifty frat guys like right behind me, just yelling at me the whole game about my family and about, you know, like a bunch of other stuff that wasn't, wasn't too appropriate. Um, that was the first time I felt that I had ever been like actively, you know, trash talked. Um, cause it doesn't happen a lot. And I mean, at least at my high school, um, I know there are high schools out there that are huge and they get a lot of fans, but for me, um, I think, like mental toughness wise, I think like when, at least from, from this, I guess, angle, like when people are, you know, giving you the talk, I guess, like using it, like, I guess my thought process is like, okay, this person is only saying this because they know I'm good and they're trying to bring me down. And like, I, they wouldn't be saying this to me if they didn't like, you know, respect me. And so I, I, I guess, it's a trap to think about it too much, but if you yeah. use it as almost like motivation or juice, um, that kind of helps me. And then, and then the other aspect of mental toughness, I think if you're kind of getting down on yourself, um, I think, I guess the best thing to do is like, I have some breathing techniques I'll do. Like if I give up three goals in a row, um, I'll try to just like reset myself in the goal. Um, you know, taking three deep breaths sounds stupid, but it's something that I think actually helps a lot more. Um, then people give it credit for. Um, and then I think also, you know, with mental toughness rise wise, wise, just like remembering that all your teammates got your back and like, especially all your defenders in that unit, like they know that everyone has a role and it's, it's not going to be every day that you're doing your role, saving the ball perfectly. Um, but I think when you know, you have the trust of those guys and you know, you know, you guys, like, you know, you guys are all in it together. I, I think it helps a lot when you're going through a tough stretch of a game. If that makes sense. Yeah. Love it. Tried to hit on both of those. I don't know. Yeah. A lot, a lot of great points in there. Um, mm-hmm. The one that hit close to home was the MCLA fans talking trash. Cause that's like, it's just, it's this new level. It's a different level. Cause they're literally right on the sideline. Like, I don't yeah. I don't know in D one and D two, like the bigger stadiums. And actually, I don't know. It, it, you guys play at, uh, you guys play at, uh, in, in Memorial stadium now. Yeah. We do. Um, but I will say, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with MCLA lacrosse is like, you know, the top 50 teams are probably all D3 caliber, like really good teams, all recruited guys, like, you know, really good competition. Um, yeah. But af- after that, it drops off and it drops off significantly. Um, so I think it's, it's weird because some of the venues we play in are like D1, D3 kind of level, um, like, you know, Chapman, Concordia um, see you Boulder. Um, those are just a few that I could think of and us, we play in the stadium, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, some of the other teams we played, like, you know, we had the mud crease, you know, the grass field, you know, the flip scoreboard. Like I remember one team actually had a flip scoreboard this year. Um, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you're playing some of those kind of teams, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It is that, that was, um, yeah. I mean, back in the day when I played, uh, Sonoma state was really good. Right. And they were, exactly, I was going to, yeah, yeah. They were I was exactly, going to say that was exactly that. Though. And like yeah. the guys would bring like sofas, couches, yeah, like yeah, sofas. They still do. And they, they, they still do. The cup holders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'd put them like literally right on the sideline or like a foot yeah. b- back from the sideline and just enjoy themselves on a Saturday and, and give the yeah. goalie the business. That was yep, like, that's, yeah. That's, that's how it is. Yeah. And like it is acid. MCLA special, you know, too. It's like, I don't know why, but in the MCLA specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretty, pretty intense trash talking. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Sonoma State's not very good anymore, huh? Not, no, not, not mm. quite as good as they used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They still have All that right. cool painted S in the middle of the field, though. I will say. Nice. <laughs> I love it. It's the one thing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, what does your uh, summer program look like? Zach to get better. So you're heading into your, your final year. Are you take a bunch of time off? Are you, uh, are you, are you back to seeing shots? What was what your summer training going to be? Yeah. Um, I do take about a month off. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, the end of the season as a goalie is always really stressful, especially if you're in the playoffs. Um, yeah. and we, you know, we ended our season with a pretty tough one goal loss in the conference finals. Um, and so I, I think I needed 
kind of needed that month to kind of reset myself in the other areas of my life to just make sure I was, you know, achieving that balance that I want to be at. Um, but then after that, um, I think a lot of it is just for one is just like staying in general running shape. Um, it's not very important for goalie, obviously, but just feeling like, you know, you're doing something to, to establish your fitness level, um, is important going into the fall. And then the second thing is I'm lucky enough to live with a bunch of MIT, uh, lacrosse guys. So, um, I go to the field with them and, you know, get shots like two or three times a week. Um, and the last thing is like, uh, they've got a ton of ULAX leagues for college guys. Um, and so, you know, you can kind of join those. Um, it's just like one game a week, you know, even if you have a full-time job, it's pretty realistic. Um, so those are some of the things I'm doing. Um, not probably not as intense as what a, what a D1 guy would be doing right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's the way, it's the way I kind of feel like I can stay in shape. Um, and, you know, maintain, I guess my level. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, do you think with, with all the goalie experience you have right now, what would you tell the, what would you tell the younger Zach or what advice would you give to the younger Zach, uh, about goalie? Um, I think, um, something that, um, like my coach says a lot, um, is like you, you, it's kind of cheesy, but you win or learn, um, you don't, you don't win or lose. And and when you lose or when you're, when you're, you're kind of learning from that. And, um, I think what I would tell my younger self is don't get too high and, and don't get too low, because I think I can think back to a lot of points in my high school and early college career where things were going well. And I felt absolutely amazing. And, you know, when things started to not go my way or the first inkling of something kind of, um, getting off track, um, I was very, very quick to get really down on myself. Um, mm. and so I think, you know, and e even one of my, you know, one of our captains in one of the defensemen on my team this year, um, came up to me, you know, and he was like, you know, when you, when you show like negative emotion, it's not just you, it's not, it, it's, it's all of us that feel that because you're the, you're the last line of defense. And when it seems like you are unable to do your job, all of us feel like less confident in our ability to do our job because at the end of the day, you know, the defense job is to give the goalie a shot that he can save. Um, so I think the biggest thing I would tell myself is just, you know, try to stay as even keeled as possible, whether it's going well or whether it's going badly. Um, and just kind of, you know, form those connections with your defensemen as soon as you can, because they'll really sustain you in games when things aren't going your way. Yeah. I love that. It's something that, that even keel something I've heard quite a bit on the podcast. I don't, I don't know. For me, it's not, that's not how I operated because I felt like the highs didn't really impact the lows. If that makes sense. Like, like me feeling high after I made a save wouldn't. And then if something went wrong or, or, you know, a, a bad series of plays, like it, because I was high, it didn't take me into that low. If, if right. that makes sense. But, but you're saying for you, you know, when you, when you really got high emotionally, it, it, it made you susceptible to be low emotionally at the same no, time. I, I, I should have clarified that. So I think, you know, when you get momentum in a game, when you get a few saves and you feel good about yourself, you should ride that as far as you can. Cause I know what you mean when you make a bad play and you've already made a few good plays, it kind of, you're still feeling good about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I meant on a more general level. Um, so say I'm having a, a bad slew of practices. Um, that tended to not only affect my mental well-being in practice, but also outside of practice. Like I remember I would have a few bad practices and I'd be in bad moods like the whole day. You know what I mean? Like that would affect, like, I think I put a little bit too much pressure on lacrosse specifically to mm -hmm. measure my, my kind of um, level of achievement in life in general. So I think just trying to take the pressure off yourself on a more general level, mm -hmm. um, and just trying to remember that it, it is a game. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like, um, it's not your life, you know, it's not how you measure your value. Um, so I, I think that's at least what I would tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause for many kids, it is, it is their life and it is how they measure yeah. their value, you know? And it was for me too, you know, and yeah. I, I wish I could just tell myself, you know, no, you're good. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many, uh, other parts of you as, as a person and, and, you know, even if you have a bad game, it doesn't mean you're a bad goalie, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Uh, well, awesome, Zach. Well, Zach, thanks so much for coming on the show, man, and and sharing your yeah. uh, your experiences and your stories. Uh, awesome to hear. Awesome to uh, chat with another uh, with a fellow bear. Go Bears! Oh, um, yeah, go Bears! <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I think we've had more cow goalies on this podcast than than any other goalie, including including. I know BD. Uh, yeah, BD told me to say hi to you. So yeah, BD. <laughs> Let's see. Obviously, I'm on everyone. Uh, we've had yeah. we've had Casey. We've had Rob Warner, who was the goalie right above me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I, f- I feel like I'm forgetting some, but uh, there you go. We'll have, we'll have to make it a thing to to get them all. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. If I'm ever back in the Bay Area, I'll come out and and check out a game, or or uh, awesome. We'll meet up. Yeah. Sounds all good. Right. Yeah, Thank Zach. You. Zach. Appreciate one last thing, yeah. man. If you had to leave the goalies out there with the final piece of advice, what would that be? Um damn that's 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 a tough last one yeah, all right, all right um i would say um remember that it's a game that's what i would say mm-hmm. yeah well said Dak. thank you so much yeah. so there you have it hope you enjoyed that episode that was cal goalie zach blake awesome stuff cool to hear his story cool to hear his attitude and how he approaches this position and how he ended up at Cal, at an MCLA program, which, you know, for many goalies out there is the right move. There's Division One, of course, there's Division Two, there's Division Three, but you could have an amazing college lacrosse experience, as I did, playing in the MCLA. Very competitive. You know, you still get that relationship. You still get a competitive lacrosse experience. Uh, and at the same time, it's not a full-time job. So if you wanted to go to a football game, if you wanted to have Uh, you know, weekend with your friends, you still have the time to do that. Hopefully you learned a thing or two from that episode. We'll be back next week with another episode, maybe even two. We'll see how it goes. I've got a lot of episodes in the can uh, waiting to get into your ears. Once again, it is the middle of August. Like I said last week, slower time for lacrosse, but doesn't mean you need to be idle. Get out there, get some work in. Do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.